Why do people have lawnmowers, right? I get it. Lawnmowers are, they exist to cause problems. Am I right or am I wrong? You're wrong. I am wrong? Why am I wrong? You need to mow the lawn. Hmm. I don't know about that though. Why? I think that I think that they're they I think that they're more for for uh, waking neighbors up, or or making it so that while people are doing their podcasts, while we're in we're inside, it's cold out, we're doing our podcasts, and we're being told no, this lawn is being mowed. This is it's about me. It's about this lawn. That's that just says you got to upgrade your your situation. You got to get a studio. You know, you got to soundproof those walls. Yeah. I, I mean, record in a windowless cell. Oh, like a, like a jail or, or maybe even a, a like a, a closet. A G-A-O-L, like a Dark Souls kind of jail. Yes. I didn't know yeah, you had such like a that. setup. I have a setup. I didn't know you had one. I'm in a closet with a foam on the... I'm not. I'm just in a room. Uh, what's the deal with games? What really is the deal with games? So what have you... Uh, th- this is... Uh, for the week of November the 21st, be with you. We there's a lot of cool stuff upcoming um, during this podcast. Is there's there? well, that well, there's the um, uh, PAX Unplugged is upcoming. That's true. That's cool. You're excited about did that. Did you know? Did you know the McElroys are going to be there? I did not know that, but now yeah, I do. They're going to be there doing like a live uh, Adventure Zone panel, which is obnoxious because that means like they're great. That's fine, but it's going to be crowded. And I bet that a lot of people are going to be just there in that crowd just for that. Yeah, that's I don't true. That crowd. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully that that like disperses at some point because I I I I, I, I don't think I'm interested in panels at all. Um, no, but me neither. I wasn't I wasn't last year, and I I don't I don't plan to be this year. Um, but how how you been? I'm good. For old I've been jam. Playing some video games. I I just got my um my covid booster and my flu shot uh in you know in preparation for packs for two weeks so right on time with the boosters nice um what speaking you been... of boosters well, oh so it, it would be hard for me to, to to talk about any other game right now um because i'm still so in love with this game but i, I guess like which game marvel snap it's the marvel yeah, snap um marvel snap. I, i've been playing marvel this minute. pretty much non-stop um uh every day i've been playing a lot of mobile games recently um because i've been on the go and i've been busy but uh but marvel snap has is, <laughs> kirby go to the polls yeah right? yeah kirby marvel snap marvel go well the you're polls. mixing the metaphors but but people did people did, did pokemon go to the polls i hear uh, are, are I hear, we making uh, this political went, i hear long island went uh Went red. To the wrong poles. Yeah, Long Island is a bastion of stupidity. Um, speaking in of red, do you have Omega Red? I don't or have Omega speaking Red. Speaking of wow, uh, you're really the trying Democrats, to... do you have Blue Marvel? I have Blue Marvel. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good save. Blue Marvel is one of my favorites, which makes sense. And I don't have Omega Red. Um, but now that you've Blue you've Marvel tainted sucks. him, Blue Marvel sucks. Hell no, he doesn't. Blue Marvel sucks. Nah, he doesn't. He what are you playing ass. Ultron? Are you playing Ultron? I mean, it's not yeah, even about Ultron. And also, so, you can do you can do Kazar uh, Blue Marvel Ultron. You can't but do Kazar. You can't, you can't do Kazar. You can't do not Kazar. in Pool Three. In Pool Three, you can't. Do why, why can't you do Kazar in Pool Three? Because there's too many things that are better than it. Like pa- like Patriot. Not if you're running Ultron as the finisher. Yeah. Are those one drops? Those are one drops. Those are one drops. Yeah. Do you have Ultron? I have Ultron. You play Ultron Blue Marvel Kazar. Yes, I did that for a little while. How is that working out for you? Um, not my favorite deck. 
Uh, what what did so? Okay, so we, we talked about Marvel Snap last week. Marvel Snap is one of the five best games of the year. It's one of Marvel Snap is. I've been playing. Uh, if, if longtime viewers will know that I play a lot of mobile games, Marvel Snap is the best mobile game ever released. You know, <clears throat> subjectively, I'm willing to agree with. You. There, there's so many reasons why I back. I could back this up. Um, the the um, monetization model, I think, is still... Before we get there, so for those who uh, are just tuning in, maybe they didn't listen last week, uh, Marvel Snap. Uh, this is a co- collectible card game uh, by Second Dinner, uh, headed up by Ben Brode, who's the, the lead designer on Hearthstone, I believe. And, yes. uh He was. Yeah, very, was, was. Very, very quick games, right? These are six-minute games. A it... deck consists of 12 cards, singleton deck, which means that uh, you can only have one of each copy of the cards, uh, which means that every time you change any card in your deck, you uh, see those changes immediately, uh, which means the deck building is very impactful in this game. Yeah, you'll end up uh, going through the, most of your deck in a game. But the, but the, but the it's one of the core features of this game, so two core features, first is locations. When you play a card, you play it to one of three locations. The locations are different every match and they have different features like uh whenever you play a card here uh shuffle three bad cards into your deck or cards here gain one power every turn or uh cards can't be played here and and crazier things like there's an extra turn this game double the power of anything you play here or Uh, one of my favorite locations is create a Whenever you play a card here, Sinister London. Whenever you play a card here, put it, uh, play a copy somewhere else. So yeah, the three the and locations are have a lot of variants. They have a, a lot of, of of variants per game. Um, the the there, there's so many things. There's so many reasons why I would back up my bold claim that is not as bold because I am the one of the greatest consumers of all time of mobile games. And what uh, I mean, one you already mentioned it is that. Marvel Snap games are so quick. They can be done while you're peeing. Like they they are they are so so fast. They're like they can be over in a minute. Especially while I'm peeing. Yeah, they can be <laughs> they can be over in a minute. They can like I think that like the most the longest they'll ever last is like 5 minutes and there's a fantastic amount of variance per game um uh which I I I enjoy in that roguelike sense of like what am I getting? What it, what what am I bringing into here? What are the locations? And then seeing, and then there's a lot of uh, syn- weird synergy stuff where you just get games where insane things happen, and uh, you just like you're you you do like you know just it's something insane, something crazy that you'll never see again because the locations were wild or it worked out in a certain way. Um, so I really like that. It makes it very addicting. It makes it very like you know one more of these. And but there's that one other mechanic, am I right? The snapping? But also, the snap mechanic makes it extra spicy, which is uh, if at any point you're really confident that you're going to win, or you just want to mess with the opponent, maybe do a bluff. Yeah, maybe you're going to lose, actually. Um, maybe Maybe something really bad happened. Maybe the last location got revealed, and it's going to c- completely screw over your deck. Um, and maybe in that moment you want to just snap right away, because the uh, it doubles... Normally, games... So, there's a ladder, and you just go up binary one point per game. And if you snap, um, the opponent hears that you did it. And then every turn, you'll ante up an extra cube of yours for the time, the final total of the game. So, if both opponent... To a maximum of eight. So, if both opponent, if both people snap, 
it can be an eight point swing rather than you can you can win or lose the the basically eight games in that in that moment um and it's a it's a really cool meta game thing but there's retreating and snapping and i think that those elements help to uh, alleviate alleviate that randomness right yeah like like the game the games are the games are marvel snap has easily the most variance of any card game i've ever played and in hearthstone those that variance can be very frustrating because you can win or lose and all card games have variance inherent to them with the draw who mechanics the, who was the 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 guy remember when like we loved hearthstone when it first came out we loved hearthstone um but that first expansion uh the goblin dr the goblin dr expansion. boom and then there was what was his name dr boom dr boom dr seven um which is very funny because dr doom is in this game and they kind of made him dr boom yeah um so but that was some bad variant because like hearthstone games are like those are like 10 to 15 minute games and all games in hearthstone are of equivalent value uh when you're on the ladder if you win a game that's the same as losing a game so if you forfeit on turn two that's the same as if you like eked out a win on turn 10 in a different game in like a very close long game those are the same yeah but in marvel snap because of the snap mechanic not only are there situations where you're alleviating that variance of like, all right, this really random thing happened. It's really bad. I'm going to leave. Yeah. My deck uh, can't, my deck can't work here. Like the, you feel, uh, you feel smart for that, for leaving. For yeah. Of, of course, like with the random, the, the, the variance and the randomness, you're going to play a deck into, you're going to have someone play a, a move deck, for example, a deck that's based off of moving cards and getting benefits from moving cards from between locations. And then you're going to, play into you're gonna have an opponent that's playing that and then just they're gonna randomly get the location um i think come come tower uh well this tower is bad for them it, it just kills any anything that moves into it but then there's like uh, one there's one location where it's plus two to any um uh, card that moves in here and that would be highly beneficial. Or Fist Tower. Maybe maybe the opponent was playing move, and then Fist Tower is revealed as a location, and it's going to kind of screw them up. So that's, you know, random. And I think if there weren't this retreating and snapping mechanic, that that could feel bad. But yeah. it doesn't, because like you said, you're, 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 there is a, there is, you're, you're playing the game, and then you're playing a metagame outside of the game with the snapping, where you are deciding... Like, no, yeah. there's there's really no way I can win this at this point, and I'm going to cut my losses. Or, or like, there's no way this opponent's going to win. Like, I'm going to, I I think I got it. Like, I, I, I bet but, I anti up. And more than that, even, because, and and the the snapping changes as you ladder, as you start to learn what decks are. And, and as you assume that enemies start to learn what your deck is. So... Let me give you an example. So there's this one card, Infinite. Oh my god, I was just going to say this, 20, but, but continue. It's a 20 power card, but you can only play it if you skip turn 5. So maybe you're playing an Infinite deck, but you have not drawn Infinite. Right? Yeah, but yeah, man. Your opponent is smart enough to understand, like, oh, they're he skipping turn, turn 5. five. And he's playing, a lot of times people who are playing, <clears throat> there's certain cards you might see in that deck the same way you'd see other cards in certain other decks so like you said you might see early turn one you see spun spot which is a a one cost card that gets stronger every time you don't spend mana um so you're starting to see these things and you see the opponent skip turn five so you know they're they probably they're gonna drop that 20 and and maybe that that wins the game for them but there's also a chance 
that they don't have it. They never right? do it. That they're snapping. And or they that don't they don't have it. it in the deck. Huh? Or that they don't have it in the deck. You can just... You can, that would be funny. You can, you can fake people out. Like, I mean, that's the game. Like, there's the, like, the game is maybe at its core with, with like rock, paper, scissors, with bells and whistles because you're, you're like more than what I, what I have, what I feel like is that more than the deck you usually go, like, like the, the overall thing that wins you games more than the deck you go into or the, the location. And I'm not saying that like there aren't games that are won or lost based on those two factors from the start is where you're playing at locations where you're playing your cards to, where you decide to put your power every turn, and when you make smart choices like, I am going to give up this location, I'm not going to play for it, or or I'm going to play for it. And a lot of games can come down to that turn five, that, that crucial turn five, turn six, where you're thinking like, okay, so if the person, like, like you use the Infinite example, one of the strongest cards in the game, I mean, power level wise, um, but... If you assume that this is happening, you assume that this opponent's going to play Infinite, maybe you have to make the choice of, like, which one are they going to go to? Because, like, are they going to fight for this spot? Are they going to fight for this spot? Um, what, where should I go? Assuming that where they're going to go. And then the next layer of, like, do they think do they, do they think they know where I'm going to go? Like, are they... So that, that ends up happening a lot is this greater understanding what the opponent wants to fight for, understanding what the opponent will play, and understanding... The significance of that, where the, lo the location they're going to, and how you can, you know, mess with that plan. So, what else is there? To, I mean, there is there is definitely lots. Of, one thing that we didn't talk about last uh, last week is pools and card acquisition. I, I don't much. think we understood this. I didn't understand this very much until recently because recently um, our friend group is liking this game a lot. Um, I'm loving this game. I'm playing. I'm, I'm account level. I'm a collection level one thousand one hundred or something. Um, I'm in pool three, uh, the way that the initial pool, so, so I, 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 it, I'm, I can't believe we didn't mention this, but it's really important to note that it's a card game where you don't buy booster packs. There are boosters, which is a joke you made last time, but you, it's a card game where you don't buy booster packs. You get cards unlocked. It's a, it's such a weird way of doing things, but you get the cards as like this base level, like the art is static, um, and the the color of the art like the border is gray and then you kind of use these uh, this like these credits to upgrade uh, the, the in-game currency to upgrade the cards and you upgrade them from like green where the border breaks and the artwork goes outside of the border and it goes to um, blue where it's uh, a little bit more like animated in 3d or it's 3d and then uh, purple it's animated and uh legendary is uh the 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 shiny logo shiny logo and then the final one is um uh shiny like border. shiny border and you can upgrade it to get a holographic background um so as you're upgrading the 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 higher value the upgrade the more collection level you gain and you gain so, cards and these, that. so these upgrades they're cosmetic only yes the, the upgrades are cosmetic only. They don't do anything outside of the cosmetic stuff. But they're also the um, the, the, the way do you grow account level. Um, that's how you raise up the account track. And the collection level is what gives you um, certain stuff. And here's like a... Uh, th th this is where there are like, you know, good complaints about this game. Because the game get does get pretty grindy. Um, I, I, guess, I guess a lot of things about this I mean, game so that's the, an interesting that's an interesting word that i want to come back to the, the negative the negatives of the, the, the this game i think in my mind is so good that the negatives are 
another man's positive in in, in mm-hmm. a weird i don't want to like uh, like like maybe i'm white knighting the game like like i uh, sure uh you're, I, like, you're a simp for this i game, am right? i am a simp for this game like I'll, I'll say that out loud i mean okay so so to to clarify the the first there's three pools of of cards um there's an initial pool where you see exactly as you're going up the account level you see exactly which cards you're going to get and there's a there's a group of cards that you you have to get they ramp you on like in order everyone gets like you're gonna get iron man jessica jones you're gonna get kazar or yeah jessica jones so So, you're gonna you're gonna just see them in order coming out um, and they're introducing you to new mechanics and on reveal mechanic on ongoing mechanic destroy discard um, so, yep. so, so that happens, you, you get a initial thing, uh, a initial pool of cards, um, where you're, you're getting, you know, exactly which cards you're getting on the track. Uh, you're being told that, and they're introducing you to the mechanics and some of the base like level things in the game. Um, then you go to a pool two where you're randomly getting cards from this new pool, um, until you get every single card. And then you go to a uh, pool three where the collection level kind of slows down a lot um where you can also get a lot of other things um and in pool two you have to get cards and in pool three there's this like collection cash thing where it can contain a card um a variant artwork which is like a cosmetic um uh version of the same card um you can get uh credits um the pay for currency gold which is like the uh, currency that you would swipe your credit card for to get um, variants or buy um, more credits or something like that. Um, and what feels like the worst is boosters. Um, so the, the the ways that you upgrade the cards is there's two different things that that upgrades the cards. Um, uh, to to upgrade a card, for example, to from the gray border nothing to the green border is 25 credits and five boosters. And then for the next one, it's like um, 10 boosters and 100 credits to go to uh, blue, right? So so you need both the boosters for that card and the credits. You get the credits by doing anything, and you get the boosters for the card either through these caches along like rewards tracks or mainly probably by playing with the cards. Uh, at the end of every game, you get um, boosters for the cards that you're playing with. Um, yes. So... So the boosters obviously feel like the worst thing, and the game, the the card acquisition slows down a great deal when you enter pool three. Um, where, uh, like the grind to this, and where my like uh, simping devil's advocate, simp, simp, simp's advocate, is that a thing? Um, comes in is that I'm enjoying this game so much, and some of a, a, a lot of card game enjoyment to me actually is, or or a lot of the reason why I play like mobile games, let's say, is that I like being given something and trying to figure out how it's going to work with what I have. Yes. So like the 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 main the, like the, I I play tons of gotchas and I always exp- I always I talk about gotchas less than I mean I I don't talk about gotchas I play more gotchas than I ever let on but. One of the things that I like the most, and especially what I like when a new gacha comes out or I'm playing a new gacha, is that as you're, you know, rapidly building up that 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 pool of the characters that you're getting, you're trying to kind of like figure out, okay, I need a, I'm looking for someone that does this or someone of this element, or I need someone that is going to help me get through this content because there's a boss that has a shield. I need someone to, to help me 
armor uh, defense down on this boss. And that is like like using those resources, trying to figure out what you're going to use and how you're going to make do with what you have, I think is extremely fun. Um, they could, you know, like you could say the, the most fair way to do this without making anyone stressed out or have to grind. And, and again, you really don't have to spend the money. So you, you say grind, but you can't grind. You can't really. It does. It does slow down. You you can't really grind. Um, I I also want to say that um, if someone's gonna say you know like you can spend money to push the track up, like not really. And the reason you why you can, but they but they they slow that. So the, we'll, the we'll, boosters we'll get to that. are. We'll get to that. So so we said that there's the two things. There's the two things to make it. You you can always buy credits, but actually no, you, can't. you can't always buy credits because there's a certain amount you can buy per day anyway. But yeah. you can buy a set amount of credits per day. Um, and that's one of the big resources to upgrade the cards. And, and, and that is something that you can swipe your wallet to buy. But you will get to a point in pool three very quickly where you are not limited by the credits. You're limited by the boosters. That's the real problem. Where Not where, for me. Are you, I, I'm, I am I, there. I don't know what your situation in is. In pool three, I'm limited by boosters. So many characters that I can... I, I, and I play, I play a lot of decks. But I have a lot of characters where it's like I have, you know, 40... I, I need to upgrade this to like Omega or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't have the 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 credits for it. Like I have the boosters, but it's like four hundred credits or something to upgrade it. Yeah. So, uh, for me, it, I, for me, it switched the other way around. Also, yeah. Whenever I see like pros and streamers playing, they have like tons and tons of cards that like could be upgraded, but they don't have credits. That's and, interesting because for me, I'm 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 at a point where it's like really the boosters are the issue. Like I I have you, have you bought credits or I have bought credits before, but not that much. Um, if it, th there's been I think twice now where I saw a variant that like I I, I don't feel bad about spending and like I want to spend money on this game. Um, so I, there's been like a couple times where I saw a a variant that I was just like I love that so much. I saw a uh, Calvin and Hobbes style Doctor Doom. And I was just, I'm in love with Dr. Doom. Like, I, I like the character. I love the way the card works. Um, he's a yeah, really fascinating yeah. card. So when I so see... So would you say that um, Marvel Snap is more expensive than uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare? No, because I haven't spent more this, than I, on Marvel Snap than I, than I would have if I bought Call okay. of Duty Marvel. So you're, I, so you're under uh, $70. 40. I, actually, okay. actually, it would have to be 60 I think, because I bought both Battle Passes. Did you buy the uh, advanced battle passes? No, no, no. There's no reason to do that. The, adva the there advanced is, battle. Though. There, there is. There though. is. Oh yeah, there is. What do you mean? Because I thought that it's just plus ten. Yeah, but you get to the season caches, and the season caches at the end have uh, variants. Oh, that's and true. Credits and that's gold true. in them. That's true. Yeah, I, no, I didn't though. Gotcha. Um. So. So yeah, I'm at the point where where I I, I bought forty dollars of gold, I believe. That's not the best value, though. It's not. A, it's not the best value, but I. But I would with the extra money of the. Uh, because variants are pretty expensive. Um, they're between like I. Th I forget how much you get. You get like fifteen hundred gold for twenty bucks, and uh, twice I bought the twenty buck pack, and I would buy the variant I wanted, and then with the extra gold, I would just buy like eight hundred or whatever of credits. Yeah. Um, so, so it turns out that like cards in this game they're either like nine dollar nine to fifteen dollars for a variant if you buy it in the shop as that, is that's a lot of money that's a lot of money um 
uh, the rest of the game is so free to play friendly for the most part that like it's it when I when I come maybe maybe like it's my mobile background that like these games are grimy and it's also like one thing I really appreciate about Marvel Snap is really clean about its presentation and one thing that mobile games love to do is red dots everywhere and tons of pop-ups you 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 start the game and there's a pop-up for a pack limited time pack you 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 play you hit maybe like because they could make this game mad grimy they could have done you oh you hit account level 50 here's a for two hours we're gonna have a special pack in the shop for you that is valued at 200 percent. don't miss out and you have that FOMO of of like well if I'm gonna spend money on this game I kind of this pack is way better than the, the packs that are normally in the shop but this it's only there for two hours I have to make a choice okay fine I'll spend twenty bucks what's that that's not a big deal that's a you know two meals that's not a big deal and then it happens again tomorrow you know like every day it's like oh you hit account level sixty you can you could spend a little bit more money and this is a great value it's better than the normal value so if you're gonna spend the money you gotta spend it so. The game doesn't do that. The game's not doing pop-ups or anything like that. So the the skin variants being expensive, like, I I don't think it's, you know, I don't think that they're adequately priced. I yeah. would buy more um, if they were if they were cheaper. I, I would I would too. But but they but, you know, one of the reasons why they price things as highly as they do is to increase the perceived value of things like the battle pass. Right. So or the yeah, pass, getting variants. Yeah, the battle pass, I think it comes with like three variants in it, like three mystery variants. The battle pass is like $10. So, you know, they can make a claim of like, oh, this is like a $40, $50 value, $10. Sure. But, you know, obviously that that $50 value, that's artificial. Thing. Yeah. Um so so yeah, like I, I don't I I don't love that, but I feel like the the overall other handling of the monetization is so good that it's it's a little hard to complain about. Um, like they'll 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 set their prices. What one of my biggest complaints that I I don't it's really minor and I don't understand why they're this is not the case is just they should have the artist name on the artwork because there's certain sets. Um, there's like so there's like a Steven Universe set that that looks really really yeah, good. Cal, there's like Cal Arts style. The who? Cal Arts. That's Cal the name Arts. of that style. Okay, so so I love that style, and then there's also like a baby Calvin and Hobbesy uh, style mm-hmm. that I I really really enjoy. Um, and 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 I, I think that there should be that kind of stuff is really positive, and uh, uh mo- a lot of um card games put that that stuff front and center. Um, on Mat in Magic. Uh, they allow the artists to put their uh, their their print on the bottom of the artwork, and then also in the bottom left corner of Magic cards, there's a, a little brush icon and the name of the artist. And I th- I think that that kind of stuff is is only positive, and it, it just helps you know like I, saying that I like these types of art, uh, the, the the some of these variants that have a certain uh, similar aesthetic style is like, I just want to know who those art- the artists are. Like, I, I, I just, I would be interested in, like, I don't know why they're not, they're not putting that up front and center. Um, so, I mean, I'm just, I just, it, it, we have said a lot about it. I am just like in love with it. Like I, I've been, I playing, I play it like all the time. I play it way after I've finished my dailies. If you, it's easy to like bang out your, the things that you're supposed to do for the day. Um, but I find myself playing way after that. Uh, when I get a new card, it is like a huge thing for me to like make a couple decks based around that card. Um, look online, see what other people are doing with this. Uh, try and figure out myself what I would do with it. And there's like a ton of cards, and 
so far, uh, you know, probably definitely over a hundred hours in, um, I would not say that there's necessarily like a deck or card that I'm like, this is out of control yet. I think maybe a lot of that has to do with how much variance is in the game so that it, you can't necessarily say that like one deck is going to do fantastic game to game, no matter what. Um, uh, so like there's that, that element like also helps alleviate that whole sense of like, if, if the more things are regular, like, you know, if, if without the locations, if people are just playing cards to three different locations and locations didn't do anything, I could imagine quickly finding like, maybe these are some of the best decks, but it's, it's kind of hard to talk about best decks. And then there's also the balance is really fantastic. I think we talked about this last week too, where, where you can, for the most, I, I can't really think of anything that you can't just immediately think of the response to it. Not that you're going to have it in your deck, but if anything got out, completely out of control, there is a huge response to it. So an example is that this one deck was really screwing me up a lot, where uh, there's just called the card called Wong, um, where he makes it so that at the location, it's a four-cost, two-power card, where at the location, it doubles... On reveal effects so uh people will do four, four uh, turn four wong turn five white tiger who's a one one who's a, a five cost one power card that makes a seven power card randomly at, at it at a different location and then um so she'll make two seven power cards at different locations and then they'll play turn six odin and odin will double will will double do that and the, and like Oh, because because of the way it works is that Odin double procs on the Wong and makes uh, double procs the the White Tiger, which just like floods the board with seven sevens. Like it's a very very strong play. Um, so I was getting sick of it and I didn't really want to deal with it. So I put Rogue in and Rogue steals uh, a ongoing effect and I would just steal it and just like have like a crazy turn six. So like there's there's definitely a good there there's. A lot of different key there's there's not too many keywords i guess it's not like a lot like there's there's discard mechanics draw a destroy mechanics um uh, ongoing mechanics on reveal mechanics and there's the game is really good about giving you the answers to those things and giving you the answer to those things pretty early like you you don't have to like struggle through pool three to be able to get the answers to like something you hate if there's a if there's like a card you hate and you're just sick of seeing this deck then like there's good answers to it like the, a lot of people i see a lot of people playing destroy because i think it's it's really fun obviously and i think like bucky barnes is a really really overvalued character but um uh people just play armor people will just they, they play this card armor that makes it so you cannot destroy any look uh cards at you this location love armor armor might be my favorite card in the game yeah i was gonna ask like uh is there anything recently that you're just having fun with or like enjoying? I play Spectrum Spectrum Destroyer. I play to win. I just play Spectrum Destroyer. I do not have I play that. Destroyer. I play that and I play uh, a Beast Collector. I do not have which Beast. Is, I'm using a weird interaction of there's this card called Collector. It's actually not which, weird, but because I read but the, it, it, the it's, word. It is. Well, it is. It's it's an odd. It's odd. It's interesting. So there's a card collector, which is when a card enters your hand from anywhere except your deck plus one power. And then there's a card beast, which is return your other cards at your hand. They cost one less. So you play a bunch of low low cost cards. You play things like Hood, Agent Thirteen, Iceman, you know, Korg, whatever. And then you, you scoop them back up with Beast. Uh, collector gains power every time you do it. You replay them. When you play Hood, 
collector gets a buff, so that's a yeah, because he gets a, he would get a double buff because he gets the buff for the hood returning to your hand, and then hood creates a one cost right. six power. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, at the end, I just drop a devil dino. You know. Yeah. And then that's uh, that's that's one that I've been playing. I'd like to get um, human torch. Oh, I want human torch so and, badly. And I want to get uh, falcon because then wait, falcon you can... would be a collector deck, right? Well, it were both of them work. Uh, I, I ultimately I'd want to replace Devil Dino, and I would want to turn it into a deck where you're playing Iron Fist uh, to move Human Torch, and then you're using Beast and Falcon to pick both of those cards up and replay them uh, to buff the Human Torch over and over. Yeah. Uh, so so I feel like that that's a deck that I I want to play. <coughs> In that deck, also Wolfsbane is really powerful, which is plus two power for each other card you have here. When you pick cards up with Beast, they retain all of their buffed stats. There's some really cool mechanics. I I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't mean to, like, sidetrack you, but there's some, like, wild behind-the-scenes mechanics of, like... I, and th this happens with all card games, and especially, like, digital card games, like, learning the ways that things are coded. But, like, there's so many bizarre interactions that you just have to learn where cards like remember like have like that infinite like th throughout that game they'll they'll keep that power so so yeah you can have like bizarre interactions like that or um uh there, there's like the thing that creates copies and then if the like the uh, there, there's a bar sinister for example is a location that creates three copies of whatever card you played here and if you play like for example, um, uh, Black Panther, who is a four-cost, four four-power card that doubles his power when he's on, on reveal, um, he'll double the power on reveal to eight, and then the, the clones will be made at eight, and then they will on reveal themselves to 16. Yep. So, so stuff like that, where you have to learn like these kind of bizarre interactions, like, like you just said, where they, they're retaining all their power throughout like being bounced in the hand or the deck like they just keep that that power i i feel like they always they made all of the mechanics around being fun yeah like they they thought like this would be the fun the most fun way for this to work out so that's the way that we're gonna make it work uh there are some cards that i think i mean even in my limited Killmonger? experience are a little too powerful killmonger for for me the 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 not Killmonger. That's not what I was thinking of at all. I think oh. that card's just fine and not that interesting. I mean, I, I think I just think that he, he's like too unilaterally a strong um, uh, tech card, and oh, that... please do tell person who plays Kazar and Blue Marvel and Ultron. What do you mean? Tell me how I you mean, feel like, about Killmonger. Well, well, I don't have to deal with. Well, I don't have to deal with Killmonger because that's a turn six play. You don't even if you're playing that deck, you're not even dealing with turn ones like i mean you could play sunspot and then get your sunspot blown up by by killmonger use, but use armor you know you could use armor i mean like i think that if you're gonna go in on the one cost then you probably play armor anyway um and then armor armor herself is such a good tech card that that like you're for the value it's like you're 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 doing fine if you draw her no matter what and like she, she'll just fit in anywhere and then you can also have that tech card for for destroy decks yeah, so, oh so let me tell you why Killmonger's... The Discord. Uh, let me tell you why Killmonger's... Uh, the reason why Killmonger's fine is because Killmonger... Uh, first first off, it's predictable, right? Like, you see... Like, it comes out turn three, which means that you have two turns. Or at least on turn two, you can prepare... You can so, armor, okay, you can armor on, their, on turn two. 
based on their one drop or based on their two drop, I know that Killmonger's coming. Uh, by then, you have time to drop your armor. You have time to drop a Cosmo. It's uh, inefficiently statted as a as a three three. Yeah, it's not. It's other, not the best body compared to other three drops, which are much stronger or have uh, more impact. Like there's a lot of really like controlling and powerful three drops. I, I would say. Uh, obviously, Killmonger has a place. I, I think that it's a necessary card. I, but I would say that the strongest card in the game, uh, and I would say that this is by far, is Angel. Yeah, it's really? Really? You think so? Such a ridiculously powerful card. Um, even now, like, what is now? Why are you saying? Are you talking about like an Angela Sarah bounce deck, like with Beast or something? Any like that? Angela. Angela doesn't need any activate. She doesn't need anything to get to be strong by default. So she's a two one who, when you play a card here, plus two. So that means that once you fill that lane, she's seven power for two energy. Nothing matches. I, I'm going to have to disagree. I mean, like you, you she, can disagree, but you're the only one who disagrees. I, I'm, I am, I am certainly not saying that Angela is bad. And if, if the, if the argument can be made that Angela can go into too many decks, like I, fair enough. Like, like she, there's an argument for Angela in most decks, I guess. And here's another thing. Why does Angela beat Mojo? What do you mean? Why does she beat Mojo? Mo Mojo has a harder condition. Oh, oh, like like why 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 is she overvalued? But Mojo She's is plus ten higher though. than Mojo. Mojo is ten though. I thought isn't he uh, four mana? Um, uh, um, or no. It, yeah, I thought isn't I thought you he know, was. You know Mojo? He's I, a two two. Oh, n never is, mind. He gets he's he's overvalued. Five. He goes to ten. He I goes thought. up to two eight. Two eight. Two eight. Okay. That's that is good. Uh, but no, Angela is definitely far and away like the strongest card in the game. Uh, also, the fact that not only is she easily a 2-7, easily, but you can bounce her and things like that and make that number even stronger. Like if you play Nightcrawler. Or you move her. If you move her, yeah. There's so many ways that she is ridiculously statted. And she should really be either a 2-0 to start with or she should be a 2 I say this as someone that uses Angela in every, like practically every deck. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like I, I, I'm, I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that, like, there's more swingy things than just like, like her power alone is like it's good and it'll be built up for the rest of the game. Yeah, um, swingy doesn't matter. But what I, matters is she's consistent. It, she, she is very consistent, and, but I, I don't, I don't think like, and she's just good. She's just very good. And, uh, but I don't think that she's like one of those like is ruining i don't think she's ruining the game um by nothing's far. ruining the game but she is the strongest card in the game i never i i mean i, I you, you must be like I, I i'm not even disagreeing with you like i i could see the argument for her and and if the and like i said the argument is probably more that like she's just too good the the cards in this game are generally so well balanced that uh it's really interesting to see how people use them or what decks that they they use, and I'm always seeing new cool things um, from from people on ladder. Um, but uh, if anything, the, I guess the argument is just like for the value, why wouldn't you include her? Um, not that she's going to win you the game on her own, but that she's so consistent and like she works in uh, weenie decks. She works in like aggro-y kind of like yeah, like where you're going to fill up a spot. She works in move decks because you can move her she works in bounce decks because you can bounce her and retain the power um so that there's like a lot of things you can do with she her she works in goose decks she works in she's so good yeah goose is obviously good goose is a um 
is like a 2-2 card, I think, and he makes it so that a 2-2 cat, adorable cat, where uh, you can't play 3-4... Uh, was it? You can't play more than 4, 5, and 6 cost? You can only you, play 1, 2, 3 cost. You can only play 1, 2, 3 cost? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you would, you would play Goose into the Angela and then force the opponent's hand where... They, if they don't have the Angela, they might not be able to get that kind of strength out of the rest of their cards that they put on that spot. But I mean, this is why I like cards like Blue Marvel. Uh, this is why I like cards like Nova, where where you're losing a location and the location is already filled with the four cards and you drop that turn five Blue Marvel, that's plus four to the location. Maybe you swing the location to yourself. And people don't play that card that much. Like I, I like to play Blue Marvel because people will misplay all the time against that card and then not realize that like oh you are gonna lose this location now because you don't have anything to buff it like the, the playing um uh, like a, a a uh universal buff card like that can swing a location that's already done yeah but yeah i mean i i think that that is that's the strongest card in, in the game i i think that there are other contenders i think that professor x is very good um, he, he can be a gamble, but you can sort of mitigate that gamble with daredevil. It's weird. Huh? With daredevil. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it, it is this, the, it, it's an interesting consideration because, you know, you're considering like I can win one lane, but I'm going to spend, uh, two turns doing it, right? Like I'm going to spend the daredevil and I'm going to spend and daredevil is just not a, is a poor, like you're, you're playing two extremely poorly statted cards for, for, yeah. Daredevil is a two-two, right? And yeah. at that, at the the two cost card, the standard body would be three. So you're already playing an understated card for a powerful effect, which is um, you get to see what the opponent's going to do on turn five before they do it. Um, uh, do you know what happens if you play two Daredevils? If both you uh, they cancel each they, other, they out. cancel each other out. You don't see what happens. But anyway, um, if one person plays Daredevil, they get to watch their their turn their opponent play turn five before they play turn five um and uh you can turn five you can play uh five cost three body which is horrible because the the standard body for a five cost should be around eight um so three is really really bad um uh professor x so the main reason why he's usually very fair in that oh his power is that he locks the location completely so that no cards can be moved in and out or destroyed or, or even interacted with anymore like you can't even you can't move or do anything at that the point the only thing like, that you could do with them is buff the values yes so like blue marvel blue marvel my my favorite card um can buff the cards locked at that location but or no spectrum. one uh, or spectrum or nova um can do that too um so anyone that can do buff can try and buff those cards but uh the location is completely locked down you can't move things destroy things you can't do anything with the location um so the body is horrible uh at five three but if you win the location and you've got it locked then you won the location you've got locked so you could play uh normally it's a gamble because you'd have to hope that the opponent didn't just play a big five drop into that location and then you lock the location on yourself um with a horrible statted card um uh but with the daredevil you can you can watch beforehand what the opponent's going to do and then play a perfectly like lock down that location and uh kind of ruin the turn five for them um i'm loving this game i'm loving it so much i think that like the, yeah like the speed at which it, at which you play it i think that the other thing that we, we maybe haven't even mentioned yet is that uh all the plays are simultaneous 
Um, you, there's no uh, like I I think that like that, that, that's another element that like I, that I'm surprised we haven't mentioned that just makes the game so much better. Uh, you're never you're kind of almost never not playing. Um, there's not like in 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 Hearthstone um, when your opponent's playing, there's there's no agency anymore. Like you can't interact. And in Magic, there is ways to interact if you have like the mana or the cards. But generally, you're waiting for you know a minute or two or three for the opponent to figure out what they're gonna do, and then you go on to your your play. Um, and in in this game, it's all simultaneous. Like you pick the thing you're gonna go. Uh, you, the opponent, while the opponent's picking where they want to play, what what cards they want to play and where, and then it just happens all at once. And I really like that. Like because of that, there's just it feels like there's extremely little downtime. Like, because the games are so short, it's only the six rounds, and uh, the you're playing every. There's not a, you're not taking turns. Every turn is your turn. Um, it just feels awesome. Like it's making so many brave choices that I would be surprised to. Like the, the, when I initially heard of a lot of the aspects of this game, I, it just felt so different that I thought that I wouldn't like it. But that's a lot of Marvel Snap. That is. Uh, so, tell me about game of the week: Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Is this is, is this uh, game out? I don't this understand. This game is out. Yeah. No. Despite what you might see in videos and clips, where you might look at it and think it does not look game, like it's out. That game must be a beta because look at what these textures look like and look at what this frame rate looks like or or, or how about look at what like happens when you're playing and like someone glitches through the world or turns into a giant slender man yeah <laughs> it's uh i have really so, enjoyed pokemon scarlet has a 77 on metacritic which is pretty buck wild and a two point that's for critics 77 on critics which is that is bad for a, a main series pokemon game especially for a game freak game um, and 2.8 user score, which from what I've seen, I haven't played the game, so maybe this is not fair, but like the 2.8 user score seems a little bit more accurate with how like busted this is for a flagship game. You, user scores are so goddamn stupid though, because you look at Sonic Frontiers and that has like an 8.3. Sure. That's kind and of that, bad. And that game like, is also busted too, too, but it's a little too good. Yeah, sure. Um, but, but, but Sonic I fans are to... the creepiest of all fandoms. But I wanted to talk about this game. I know that you are a huge Pokemon head. You're a huge game freak. Uh, I'm a game so you freak. You're a game freak when it comes to this. Uh, so I just wanted to tell you how much I've been enjoying Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, as someone who hasn't played it at all. Oh, it's just here. It's just strictly it's just... ingesting it through uh, clips on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, so I've been really enjoying that game. Uh, great game of the week. Great game of the week. It, it's gonna that's gonna get our G G O W. Great game yeah, of the week. Great game of the week. Okay. Excellent. I know you've been playing a lot of Modern Warfare 2. And now this is the so second Modern Warfare of games that came out, right? Of the year, potential game of the year contenders. Uh so th there were some conversations about this being a seventy dollar game, but for the right person, this game is so much. Oh yeah, most definitely. No one is saying that it's so not much. a lot. It's like the, I'm sure somebody is. I, I for for me, I, I, the 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 question about the seventy is not so much a complaint about like what the package is giving you. It's more that if the package for me is going to be centered around multiplayer, then that is a bad value, right? Like if you're gonna do, if you're gonna, so so you're you are partaking in all of the things that are the modern warfare too 
And because of that, I, I, I imagine 70 seems like a steal. And so season one started for Modern Warfare 2. I, I, I think that last week it had just came out and I didn't actually uh, have the opportunity to talk about it that much. So now that I've, I've played, because first off, when you start playing Modern Warfare, uh, when you start playing any Call of Duty and you just play multiplayer, more or less, unless something is really wrong with the game, they kind of all play similar. But the ways in which they differ are how's the how's the map variety? What do the spawns feel like? Is the net code okay? What how is the customization? Because really, it's Tekken uh, to Tekken. It's not Street Fighter to Street Fighter, right? This game is more. They don't want to tell you this, but this is an RPG. All of these games are RPGs where you are collecting things and getting drops and like tuning your stats and equipping different clothes. Like like you could really, uh, you know, allegorically equip, transfer yeah, equipping this different clothes. This you know the uh, ways that you would you know grind your character up in like an RPG or in World of Warcraft, and you could sort of translate that of being like, oh my. Uh, my Lackman 556 hit to level 10, so now I can equip this under underbarrel that's going to give me 10% more recoil stability. And like those little tuning adjustments on her gun, those are just stats. You just leveled up your dexterity by three points, you know? Sure. I remember, uh, I mean, this this game, this, this, this series has been like this because yeah. I got into the beta of Modern Warfare 2, uh, the original... Modern Warfare 2 on uh, on Xbox 360, and that game it felt like when I was playing that beta, it it you, you got the feeling like this is a game changer, absolutely. Like the uh, there there were they there was never that much account progression in any game prior to that. Like it was oh, ins- you love insane progression. Yeah, like the, the account progression in this game is absolutely fucking balls to the walls bonkers. It's it's kind this... of like a, isn't it a it's probably like a good version of uh what's that horrible game with all the, that we played uh where you switch different characters to different like animals. Different Nobody animals. saves the world or something? Oh, yeah. So, you know how that game is just like all about like oh, you know, kill 20 things with uh the uh archer's bow, but like it's really boring to play like it, you, you feel like this game is like every time you, you got your Nikes, you ran 100 footsteps, which got your Nikes up to level 50, which allows you to put on uh, boots that are armor boots. And you're, you shot 20 times with your with your M16, which is a gun or is it a grenade? Oh, an M16 is a gun. It is a gun. Okay. Well, this isn't an M18 that's a grenade. One of the an M's M18, are grenades. Uh, sounds like a rocket. Uh, I, like I don't know rocket propelled explosive. I don't know that much about. Or maybe it's a firework. Oh man! No, let's... no that's an M80, right? Oh man! Uh, it's gonna be sin. Sin is coming to strive. I do sin? not love. I hate sin. That's kind of a boring pick. Uh, so now that I've played a bunch of Modern Warfare two, and I bet a lot of people were like, "Listen, fuck are they saying about?" I, I guess I really haven't seen anything. Uh, so there are kind of like four or five key components to this game. So there's the campaign. There is the, uh, I have to discord this. Everyone just wants to talk about. I had to turn it off. I had to turn it off. There is friend of the show, so, fan so of the show, Nate blowing us up. There's the campaign. There is the spec ops mode, which is the co-op mode, which is like a, it's pretty interesting. There are some 
uh, kind of reminds me of some of the old Rainbow Six Vegas from 360 era modes. There is the multiplayer PvP, there is Warzone, and then there is DMZ, uh, which might be the best mode, but so but going down the line. So I've I played the campaign. The campaign is what it's always what it always is. It's a Call of Duty campaign. There are the missions that are vehicle missions. There's the AC-130 missions, which are always very weird and grim. And and there is just something. I, then they initially thing. that was like, did they just do that in every game? Because the first time they did it, it was you. You say like weird and grim. The first time they did it, it was disturbing in like yes. a, and it was like intentionally so. Um, yes. in in a way that like the AC-130, for example, uh, for those who for viewers who don't know, is like a gunship, and I think the initial. Uh, uh, level you kind of like the initial campaign mission you played you're you're looking through like a night vision goggles from this gunship and you're watching enemies move around on the ground and they're just like you're just shooting and you just see like you know like you shoot like mortars and like the like a tank explodes and they're just like yep got them and it's like you're just watching death like this is like people are there's just like this darkness about like you just shot there's people inside that tank and they just like their life ended in a weird way that like you are shooting combatants obviously in these games um but maybe there's something more of like it's one by one and it's less destruction and they are combatants that are attacking you but there's yes it is it is a indifference is a good word where it's too relaxed um and i think that the 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 person who you're like in the gunship with just just calmly saying like yep got him or something is kind of disturbing score one for score one for soap or something but But they're doing it every but they do it every game because it's one of those things of like well we did it and it worked out so we got to have our no russian and our gunship do they have a no russian and and, and they definitely still well there is no this is a this is not a remaster or a remake this is just a completely new game that they're calling no i'm not not saying no i'm not saying that they have no russian i'm saying do they have their version of no russian they do yeah they have a couple of missions that are kind of like that they're not they're not like civilian based per se there is a mission where you are tracking uh someone who just fled the Mexican border into the U.S. and you are going through civilians' houses uh, to look for him, and they're essentially like they're civilians. You don't want to shoot them, but there is a button to de-escalate, and the way that you de-escalate is you point your gun. You you like point your gun at them and you tell them the de-escalate is is ADS. It's the aim down sights button. So you're essentially like telling them to calm down by pointing your gun at. Them. Okay. So that's awful. That's not with de-escalation. Uh, and then there there are missions where like you're double-crossed and then you're left for dead in the streets and crawl around the street and, and like hide and, and things like that. So so there there are missions that are more than just shooting. Uh, it's there there's also missions that are uh, kind of like Deus Exe where they give you a bunch of different avenues to like make certain things happen where you like have to infiltrate this compound uh, and you have all of this different equipment at your disposal. You have these like snake cams to go under doors. You have tear gas. And if you climb onto the ceiling, you could like drop tear gas into the fence and then you like breach from there. So there's, there's a good mix of, and it, and it is a good campaign, but I, I don't think that someone would be like, 
oh, this Call of Duty campaign, this is the one that you have to play. Like, it's not Titanfall 2, you know? It, it's just a, a fine one of those. So the multiplayer, though, uh, is very good. It is, uh, and I should say, I should preface this conversation also by saying that the launch for this was not great. The launch for this game had some jank. There were a lot of days with disconnects, uh, days where it was hard to party up, days where there was like a, where it was chunky, if you know what I mean, where you're like, you feel like a, a lot of like skips between your movement. This used to happen in uh, Apex when Apex first came out, where there was just like this really chunky move. Or are you uh, distracted by Guilty Gear? Um, I'm listening to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a little, a little here and a little, uh, a little más o menos, you know? Yeah. So, and, and also I would say that the UI is is pretty bad. The the UI, it it's pretty bad in of, what way? Like it's like the uh, uh, things are, navigation things is are, like poorly laid out yeah so things are poorly laid out uh i was speaking to someone who was like i can't believe that in that when you go to quick play you can't choose what modes you play so if i want to go to quick play i have to play like search and destroy or free for all like i don't want to play those more and i was like well actually like they they don't really tell you this but there's a filter and if you right click right click the icon then it brings up like a mini menu to change things that's pretty weird or or it's like at first I thought that you couldn't change the name of a weapon loadout, but you have to hover it and then go down to the options. It, it's like you have to. I think you would have to see it and experience it to realize like how bad the UI is. Sure. But it's an awful UI. It's it's terrible. So that is out of the way. It's it's bad. Uh, the gameplay is good. The shooting is sort of as it's always been. There's a really nice. And, and broad mix of weapons this time. Uh, and, and the modularity of the weapons is like the highest that it's ever been. So you have like assault rifles, submachine guns, light machine guns, battle rifles, marksman rifles, sniper rifles. And then you have the, the pistols, the, the knives and riot shields, launchers. So it, it's knives. a- Knives? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a combat knife. Uh, is it a ballistic knife? Ballistic knife. No, you just you just- run around and stab people you stab people with it now how never is that good like against a, guns you've never done a knife a knife loadout. oh my, oh, my least favorite thing in valorant it. is it like that no it's like you run really fast you can make a you can make a build around it where like you can give yourself like quiet footsteps or and then just like run around and knife people. that feels like exactly the kind of thing that that uh uh ryan galloway friend uh friend of the show ryan galloway thank you uh bumper for the user music we use in show uh, you can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020, um, uh, would uh, really start cursing and, uh, you know, valuing, uh, thinking about the value of the existence of a person that would play uh, a knife build in in Call of Duty. Am I it's right bad. or wrong? Am I right or am it I wrong? It is bad. No, you're right, but it is bad, so it's okay. But it's one of those uh, things where it's a bad, but when you lose to it, it's still like, go to hell. Uh, there is some really, there there are some really, really great... Uh, grenades this time around one of my favorites is a drill charge which you throw it at a wall and it detonates on the other side of the wall so they've they've really mitigated uh the efficacy of like holding up in places there's still options for like holding up and, and camping and fortifying specific areas and you need to for certain modes like there's modes like king of the hill where you're supposed to hold a position 
And for that, there's like trophy systems and like that. But everything in this game feels like it has a counter. So if people are just like holding up, you have snapshot grenades, which you could throw into a room. And it's like this like device that like spins around and it's like a, a really high pitched noise and then it flashes and then it like cipher alts and like shows a, a hot spot of where everyone is. in a room. So from there, you know, you have access to your drill charge or maybe an RPG or something to clear out the room. Uh, the counter to this is the trophy systems, which allow you to a trophy system it essentially mitigates any piece piece of equipment that goes into a room uh so if a rocket is shot into a room or if a grenade is thrown into a room the trophy system disables it uh and that is countered by a perk called spotter which allows you to see enemy equipment through walls so it allows you to see trophy systems and claymores and mines so that stuff not all of that is new but it does feel like there's a really good um uh you know rock paper scissor to the setup Sure. And, and and I think that that's that's all well and good. And then there's other stuff. You know, you have your smoke grenades for t for taking points, which are pretty good against you know sniper rifles. And then the counter to that is thermal optics. And then the counter to that is cold blooded. So the a perk that allows you to not be seen on uh, thermals. So everything in this game does feel like it has. So if there's something like I hate dying to this one thing, sure. uh, you can always build something in to mitigate it. So like. I hate dying to spells, uh, which is what Galloway and I refer to all of the air support as. So like the mortar strikes and the, the chopper gunner and all that. I hate dying to spells. So I always equip a uh, ghost and cold blooded, which makes it so that the UAVs and the and the airstrikes and stuff like that can't target you. Sure. The, uh, do you so feel the, like this is better than last year? Like you, this, this, is, this is one of the best of this? This is the best of this. And, and so the reason for me is that I love unlocking i i love battle pass i love anything where i'm playing and i get like a little bit of progression and this game does that so goddamn well better than any other game i've ever played does it because when you level up a gun the you are sometimes getting like specific attachments like this is the signature lackman barrel unlocking for this gun and once you've unlocked it you can use it on other guns. The gunsmithing in this game is absolutely insane. That's really the, cool. The things that you can build are insane. Uh, you, the the camo system is crazy. Where the the camo is every gun as you level it up unlocks four challenges for different camos, and all of those camos carry across all of the different. Ones. So if there's a camo you really like, you need to go to that gun and use that gun to unlock it. And then there's, if you unlock uh, all the camos for a gun, then you unlock a new challenge to get the gold camo. If you do all of the gold camo challenges for a specific type of gun, like assault rifles, you unlock uh, platinum camos. And then there's like this celestial cam, super, super late game. Uh, but that's not all because the battle pass but in this game is the best battle pass I've ever seen. Uh, the battle pass in this game, the the rewards, the for, essentially what it is, is it offers flexibility in the way that you go through the battle pass. So a lot of sprays, where, I assume, a lot of sprays and like gun earrings and stuff. Well, it is a lot of that. But so the way that it works is there are like these 20 locations and you are moving across like a map of these locations. So the battle pass isn't linear. It's not zero to 100 but it's this Real widespread quick. out map and you're choosing 
what direction to take to get the different rewards. Uh, a lot of the, so there are guns in here. They're all part of the free pack. You can get the guns for free. Uh, any gun that you didn't unlock uh, this season is unlocked at the end. So there's like a, a submachine gun and a sniper rifle and maybe a third gun that you unlock during this battle pass. If you didn't unlock it, then they'll unlock at the end of the season. Nice. Uh, but there is a lot. So, so the other thing about so much better than that, the um, the the Overwatch <laughs> battle pass. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are a battle pass costs ten bucks, and if you complete the entire battle pass, uh, you get fourteen dollars worth of currency. So, really, this is the case where, if you love Call of Duty, uh, you buy this one battle pass, and you'll never have to buy a battle pass. The battle pass has a lot of cosmetics, and it has uh, operator skins. Uh, you know, change what your character looks like, uh, including unlockable operators, which, you know, it's just care. Uh, but it also unlocks uh, weapon blueprints. So weapon blueprints are uh, essentially they're like a weapon that comes with predefined attachments on it uh, and a signature camo. And the other thing that's pretty cool about these is that the the attachments themselves have skins on them that you can use when like piecemeal. So if you really so once you unlock a blueprint for a weapon, you unlock those attachments with those camo pieces. So you can then carry those over to other guns that you like. If it's like, oh, I this uh, blueprint has like this uh, black scope with these this gold finish, and I really like that scope. So I'm gonna take that that specific piece of the skin and move this over to this other weapon that I. So you're you're getting not just like the blueprint but you're also getting all of the pieces uh which is really neat and and i love that oh uh -huh, yeah so there it, it's just all of this shit to unlock and speaking of shit to unlock uh dmz such an incredible mode so i guess first i have to talk about warzone so i i've played some warzone warzone 2.0 so they they this is a free-to-play battle royale 150 people so free-to-play free-to-play yeah, okay. anybody could download it. Anyone can play it. Why didn't anybody they do that with the main, with the, whatever. With the multiplayer? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Warzone is completely free to play, uh, as is DMZ. Any, whenever you're playing Warzone, whenever so you're playing So there's Warzone DMZ, and DMZ. Yeah, they're both free to play. Uh, okay. <clears throat> they level up the same battle pass. Uh, the guns that you pick up in Battle Royale, as you use them, you're leveling them up in multiplayer. You're unlocking camos in multiplayer. All of that progress is like carrying over, is working between all of, the, uh, which is always really exciting for me because I, I, I just, I just love that stuff. It also encourages me to be a lot to, uh, when I'm in Warzone or something and I'm picking up a weapon. It's I, I find it really fun to, you know, well this is the weapon I'm using in multiplayer. This is the one that I'm trying to unlock camos. Uh, so this is the one I'm gonna bring with me. And, and sometimes that's suboptimal. But there and, and there's also opportunities of like, I don't have this leveled up in multiplayer, so I'm going to pick this up in Warzone. I'm going to use it and I'm going to get some levels on it so that I can unlock attachment multiplayer. And all all that's really, you know, that's very convenient. That That is a uh, I feel like there would be people who try out Warzone and it incentivizes them to buy them. And, and I could see that happening. Uh, <clears throat> so Warzone being 150, it's a huge map. Uh, but with 150 players, you're always seeing people. And I think that Warzone, more so than other Battle Royales, uh, really incentivizes people to go to specific locations uh, 
all around the map. So it's not this thing of like, oh, that zone is hot. So that zone is going to be crowded. But I've dropped in this zone and there are all of this, all this stuff going on. Warzone, uh, Warzone is more like Fortnite than it is like Apex Legend. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of extra stuff going on. Uh, as you're going through Warzone, you are acquiring cash that you can go to an in-game store and you can use that to buy equipment and you can you can buy a loadout. Like you can, before you go into Warzone, you could predefine like certain weapons that you, with all the attachments that you want. And once you acquire enough weapon, like money in Warzone, you can go to a, a shop and buy it. You can also buy like kill streaks. You could buy like a mortar strike or like a UAV. And the way that you acquire money is there are contracts. And these are like um, side quests. Some of them will be like, here's the location of a squad. Go hunt them down. And the squad gets a notification of like, hey, you're being hunted. Uh, and for three minutes, there's a team that's going to try to track you down. And that's interesting because then you can make the idea of like, do we want to try to find them before they find us? Because like they sort of get like a ring of where you are. And you could try to like, you know, take some sniper rifles, take some high ground, spot them out before they find you. Or you could fortify a building of like, all right, let's find some proximity mines and claymores and let's fortify this one. Because at the end of it, if they fail to kill you, uh, you get the contract money, you get that bonus. And obviously all of these missions and everything are also, as you finish them, giving you XP, which is feeding into the battle pack. So all of this, uh, I, I they, definitely when they came up with all of these game modes, uh, they must have said synergy like a couple hundred times because there synergy, is a real synergy, synergy. synergy between everything all these systems that they have going on here to really make it feel like everything that you're doing is <coughs> giving you something in all of these other modes so warzone is neat uh I what do is need dmz to play it more so dmz is what i want to talk about next uh warzone also so there's like uh some like ai strongholds that you can like infiltrate and uh like kill enemies to get like really powerful gear that's going to really help you get through the the war zone and win. Uh, there's a gulag in war zone as well, which is essentially when you die, you are put into an arena, a 2v2 arena, where you and the enemy 2v2 are given a random loadout. You're all given the same loadout and you have to fight 2v2 together. Or, sorry, you have to fight two versus two and whichever... Uh, team wins the gulag gets sent back in so the 2v2 it's you and another dead player on another squad it's just like it picks up whoever recently died and throws them in uh however there's also a jailer that spawns in the middle of the of the fight like so after like uh 30 seconds to a minute a jailer spawns and if the teams kill the jailer they all get sent mm -hmm. so it's this thing of like do you try to kill the other team or do the four of you try to work together to kill the jailer? Kind of like a prisoner's dilemma, but not exactly. I mean, well, especially when it's a jailer, I mean, it's more literally, but... So then there's the DMZ mode. So the DMZ mode takes place on the same map as Warzone. Uh, but instead of 150 players, there's <coughs> 66. So Why didn't they just make it 69, right? That's That would be nice. Uh, that would be nice, the, you're it's, right. It's 66, and... Instead, the map is covered with uh, AI. So you choose what to bring in, but the things that you bring in, if you cannot exfiltrate 
are lost. Nice. Okay, so it's it's a little bit roguey. Yes. So you so it's interesting because you can choose to go in with nothing and kill a couple of enemies, get a couple of weapons and leave and just start to build up a stockpile of shitty weapons. But ultimately, if you really want to get things going, you want to you want to go for the hard enemies. There so the AI in this is insanely good. Uh they flash you and rush you. So they is this have, kind of like the hunt? This is like hunt. This is this is a hunt ex- showdown. These are colon? called exfiltration shooters uh, or extraction shooters. And games that fall into this are hunt showdown is a really popular one and escape from sure. They, they um, have got modes on modes on modes. Yeah. If, if it were and, not Call of Duty, I'd be worried about the hoppers here. Yeah, absolutely. And and these these larger modes being free definitely. Uh, but the other thing that you're getting in this mode is the weapons that you extract are usable in multiplayer, which means that when you pull weapons out, even if you don't have them unlocked in multiplayer, you just unlock them in multiplayer. And you can also exfil uh, with blueprints. So those are the fully kitted weapons with like custom designs. And right now there's also one weapon that can only be acquired in D- uh, So there is this like really challenging boss who's in the middle of this toxic zone called the chemist and he's holding a special weapon where you have to kill him and escape with the weapon so essentially the way that exfiltrating works is that every game there will be three locations that you could summon in a chopper uh to leave and people can camp those you can set up a sam site which is like it's a surface air missile it's anti-air missiles you can take over one of those and then if anybody tries to call in any air support, including exfil choppers, while your SAM site is active, it'll shoot them down and it'll drop supplies that your team can. Uh, so ex, like ex- extracting is actually pretty challenging. It could be, it could be pretty rough. But but it, it is also like this really interesting mode of of pushing your luck. Of ah, oh, this is awesome. We got this really powerful weapon. So now we can either push and go into a dungeon and try mm. to fight some really strong enemies and get even better stuff where we can just cut and run. And as you're doing all of this stuff, you also are getting like these faction missions. And these are missions that you are, that carry over between uh, each round of DMZ where, where it'll be like, um, uh, like blow up six vehicles and set up a Samsung. And those ones you can get progression throughout each, like you go in, you do two, you get one, you die, that's fine. And then you get three, you complete the contract. And then at the end of that contract, you're getting battle pass XP. You're getting, uh, possibly you're getting operator skins or you're getting weapons or you're getting contraband, which is, uh, the single use weapons that if you lose them. So (coughs) it's this really interesting mode that kind of has like this Diablo-esque or like this ARPG kind of like, I found this weapon with insane stats, uh, but it has this hardcore element of like, I can go in and lose this. Of like, I have a sniper rifle with thermal optic and it's it's just like crazy powerful, but I could go in and lose this if I'm not careful. Sure. And that makes the mode really exciting. And But there's also always this thing of like, every time that you go in, all of this stuff is like procedurally generated where this area is now a dungeon or there is this contract over here that has this really high reward in it. And or always oh, spawned right next to the, the weapon cache where if you pick it up, everyone on the map knows where you are, but it's got like this insane value. Uh, 
so it is this, yeah, it is kind of like this rogue light as shooter mode where you're pushing your luck. There's this hardcore element, uh, but, but it's also kind of this chill mode where you're mostly fighting AI, but the AI is not easy. Uh, and this, this might be my favorite mode. I, the DMZ? I just DMZ. Are you yeah. playing with friends or are you just playing? Is it, are you just playing like in a hopper? I've done both. All right. Uh, I've also gone solo, which is a bad idea. I hope that they you, you are allowed a solo to version. Huh? You're allowed to? That's weird. Yeah. You can go in solo. I've chosen to go in solo uh just to farm weapons. So I go in, I do a couple contracts, I get some weapons and I leave. I'll go in with like nothing but like a grenade or something. I'll like throw a grenade at like the first enemy I see his gun. Pick up a couple of extra guns, just do some like uh missions and then try to leave if I can. However, one thing that I thought was really shitty is that in DMZ, as a solo squad, uh, you can get hunted uh, by a full squad of people. So someone could pick up a contract for a hunt, and it'll make you the target of a hunt. And that feels really bad. Sure. And there was a game where I was doing a solo run, and I got uh, I got hunted twice in the one game. So I was able to take out the first squad that hunted me, and then I got hunted again. And Lame. that didn't feel nice. That felt lame. And I hope that they put in a solo version of this. And maybe that won't be as popular. <laughs> And I also, this is like the AI is or just, so or they could just have some benefits for going solo. Maybe, yeah. maybe and like you could dungeons, be like a ghost where you're, where you like don't show up on the map or something. That would be sick. The dungeons are, are really challenging. And I, it, it is probably it, someone who could take on the, this content by themselves. Uh, that is pretty impressive, but it, but it would be nice just to be able to like jump in there and maybe I don't want to do dungeons. Maybe I just want to like rat around for a bit. That would be nice. Sure. That's a lot of CODs. It's it's a huge game. It is a huge it game. Is, it's weird it's because huge. it's like they're trying to make this be like the game for some like someone is just going to be out there and like this will just be the game that they play. They'll just they'll just be like, yep, I got my CODs and I'll see you next year because I'm going to be playing this. I've played 47 hours. That's a surprisingly low number for you, considering it's been out for a while. I mean, but you do play your other things. You do play League and League had the Pokemon update. I don't know. If, did you play any of that? Yeah. Yeah, I played it. Um, uh, so, League preseason started. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I've, I heard some things there's, there's uh, major balance changes, which is cool. Um, they brought back some items, which is cool. I think one of the coolest things from an outside perspective for me, who's like someone who doesn't really traditionally play a lot of league is some of the big, uh, jungle changes. I do like that role a lot. I like jungle a lot. And, um, they did something pretty buck wild. This is like, um, the ever blurns ballification of league to me, but like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. So so maybe I'll give them the pass on it, but uh, they made a Pokemon in uh, in League. So so you uh, as junglers can pick like basically a starter Pokemon, like a fire Pokemon, a water Pokemon, or an earth, or like a grass Pokemon, and it starts out weak and it levels up as you uh, feed it jungle kills. And it's kind of tied to like your jungle mechanics overall. Like it tells you it it helps you path between the jungle things it uh it increases your your it's tied to your smite strength smite strength is for the first time in league history uh going up from max 900 to max uh 1200 so that's, that's pretty right. wild because that'll just like that further increases the overall power of the jungler to last hit and um i, I think it's just insane in general because people are so used to that 900 limit which is very close to the death of the monster anyway like it could be get burst down sometimes before the jungler could react. And now this is just, uh, you know, giving the jungler a little bit more leeway, making it be a little bit more about the jungler's smiting. 
Um, and that's and that's pretty cool. So there's, I think this is one of the bigger patches I've ever seen. Usually these patches are huge, but um, yeah. this is this is even a ton of new items. I think that they made tanks. Yeah, they uh, they added the rod of really ages strong. back. They they added a lot of tank items, and the tank items actually make uh, eighty carries more impactful because tanks can get so much health at this point and become so powerful that an eighty carry is the only one who's able to. And I think that that's good. I think that's good game design. That is cool. That is cool to have like a a better, like it it does lend greater credence to the end game and the 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 role of the eighty carry to be the sustained damage. Like maybe the the mage is not able to burst the tank down, but the eighty carry is able to slowly whittle the tank down because they just have good overall damage. So that's some cool things, right? You you need this like uh, rock paper scissors of like assassins kill carries carries kill tanks tanks yeah they said that they uh uh in in there's uh, it seems like it's very jungle oriented overall though this change and i i think it is cool as someone who does get stuck on jungler that they're making the first clear more comfortable with these with these minions and the idea is to open up jungle variety because in the past uh jungle they the characters that jungle well have usually been um kind of revolve around the safety of that first clear and making it so that more characters can safely first clear um just ma- opens up the pool for who can jungle you don't want to struggle through that first clear i think they also like they changed some things about like i i, I forgot what it was but they're kind of like discouraging counter jungling um do they make it yeah, like, they it's, make like it less so experience you a little more damage in your own jungle oh, okay yeah a little more damage on your own jungle so they're like kind of discouraging counter jungle it's like a good in a it's like a double-edged sword kind of thing um that like y- y- counter jungling feels horrible when it's done to you but it is like a high level uh jungler choice and discouraging it is you know like good and bad it, it, there's a lot of reasons i guess like jungler as a role is so different than the other than the laning roles and it is scary for a lot of people like there's there i'm sure that there is like a vast majority of the population of league that is like oh i play mid so how much harder is top like i kind of even though the the mechanics are different like i it's still a lane i still understand uh wave distribution and like the wave mechanics and i understand laning and last hitting and i understand these things but jungling is like a completely different game within the game all the the things that you learn from jungle are like not really applicable elsewhere and because of it it means that like a lot of people are like afraid of that role in particular and i guess this was a big patch to open up maybe people to trying in the jungle and i think that like counter jungling makes people feel bad or stupid obviously because if if you're fighting like a really good jungler and they're like playing with you and they're they're completely killing you're clearing your jungle and because of that you're getting far behind level wise and now you can't gank and now they're snowballing the game and now you're used like like there's a lot of things that would feel bad but um i feel like they're just trying to make the game feel a little bit better for for yeah uh, jungle is such a high impact role and especially in solo carry like the jungler really dictates the pace of the game and if there is a jungle diff it is like the worst diff to have in a game so I, I feel like this patch is really about smoothing that out of, of essentially like making it the the onboarding for a jungler easy and also removing the hot like mitigating some of the damage that a bad jungler can do for your team or that an excellent jungler could do for the enemy team. Okay, because yeah, at sure. least if it's a little harder for them to counter jungle, 
uh, they can't get as off the off the you know balls to the walls off the rails or whatever as quickly as they could have you know last season. We call that snowballing in league terminology. Yeah. Um, so. So that's that's pretty cool. This is always a cool time for league, right? Like uh, uh, this is oh, when yeah. they they get oh, yeah. to do it's, some insane and, and, things, and throw whatever they want skins. at the wall. Amazing skins this patch with uh, more space groove skins. Some of my favorites. Um, I, I want to talk All about a game that's taken us a, a long time in the podcast to get to, but it's very good. It's I mean, there's not like a ton to say about it, despite the fact that it's so good. Uh, is uh, Soulstone Survivors? Oh, this I is, thought we were talking tactics over. Go on. Um, I think this is one of the better bullet hells a uh, bullet heavens ever released we, we've been talking a lot about these kind of games and um this might be one of my favorites uh for a lot of different reasons uh, we, we've talked about uh this game a tiny tiny bit and i did play the demo of it but now it's out for true um there is a whole lot to do in this game a whole lot to unlock and um i just think that it it um is Kind of the best of all the things it's, that it's I like the about Modern Warfare Two. It's the of, Modern uh, Warfare Two of, of Bullet, of, Heaven of bullet Heavens. So, so it, uh, uh, this is a Bullet Heaven. Uh, this is the the vampire survivor like survivor like game where um, you start you off put survivor in the name. Yes, just so you know. You start off with um, one ability. Uh, you get to pick a, from a huge list of characters. Pretty crazy. Um, uh, all fantasy archetypes, starting out with a barbarian, um, but getting to some wild shit like death knights and spell swords and yeah, and the, and the class determines what type of um, what archetypes of abilities you could find in the game. Yeah. Uh, so so the class not only determines your base ability and it also determines a ton of little base stat things. For example. Um, I was playing a bow, like an archer, and the archer starts out with an extra dash. Um, uh, like, it, like it has all like the, the every character has like a lot of uh, stat modifiers to their their like how they start out the game. Um, so you have that. Um, you can still get like the kind of core abilities that you might find elsewhere, like a fireball or something kind of whatever boring, um, a thunder strike. But uh, the characters will also have their own. Um, every, every class has at least three unique um, to them abilities to find. Um, so like I, just just like a regular um, Bullet Heaven or Survivor or whatever game, um, as you level up, you get choices between either um, a new ability that is going to just constantly it, it go, works off a of cooldown. Um, uh, you uh, this this game kind of meets uh, in the middle between the Vampire Survivor and the Twenty Minutes Till Dawn, where you are. There are a ton of skills in the game that are uh, aimed, but no, I don't think that there's there's nothing in the game that you actually like fire purposely. Everything is based off of a cooldown, so you'll have you know abilities to shoot uh, homing lightning or um, attack in front of you in like a huge cone or something, or drop down a giant Titan cleaver and stuff like that. Um, where the reason why I, I really like this game a lot, other than like some of these cool archetypes is that the game is like maybe the most on pushing that the whole synergy concept and builds getting out of control concept. So I really love when games have like sort of keywords or like t tags onto these abilities so so the way an ability in a, the way an ability in this game might read might be like maybe fireball it, it, it'll say like oh this is a 
projectile that is like a frontal projectile it it flies in front of you um it'll it, it hits target one target and it causes them to burn um and then on the bottom it'll say like flame frontal projectile burn and now when you're as you're getting later in the game you'll start getting you'll maybe see an upgrade that's like whenever you burn something create an explosion whenever you cast a fire spell um uh like your your fire spells have 10% extra chance to multicast your frontal spells uh are, are have a larger AoE so you start to see all this like as you're getting later in the game you're really getting these cool synergies and you are like pushing yourself in a direction. I had a really cool time where I was playing the archer and really early on I get a poison bomb and then I really and then all and then after that I get the choice of getting a legendary thing that is whenever I poison a uh, whenever a poison ticks daze the enemy and increases the amount of poison damage and nature damage. So I start pushing in that direction, I get a poison bolt, I get a like poisoned ally, I get uh, poison on my auto attacks on whenever I do physical damage I also poison I get a thing that is whenever you poison a target you also burn them and then I start going like so you, you get these like crazy synergies to start rolling there's a lot of um uh, there's tons of meta progression like you've said there's uh like a talent tree there's uh you upgrade the weapons that the characters have to upgrade the base stats you upgrade you can like master the characters you have these all these characters to unlock um the game also plays, I think, some some of the best out of any of these games. We've talked before about how sometimes these games can get very visually messy. And yeah. in this game, it, it uses that MMO-style telegraphing where uh, whenever enemies are casting abilities at you, there's really good visual telegraphs for where the attacks are, are heading. Um, and you don't get hurt by touching enemies. You get hurt by them like swinging at you and there's telegraph. So it, it feels like you have a lot more control that there, there's not that frustrating sense of like the screen just got too hectic. I couldn't see that there was actually an enemy on me. I didn't know that. And that's not my fault. Like it just be like I just got insane. Like there's tons of abilities popping off and like I, I have really had a good time with this game. I think this is like a fantastic uh, game for anyone who likes this is one of the best of yeah. this it's, it it feels to me like the next step in it it, it feels to me like the I, I dare say like it's like a double a of these you know single if these are like single a one developer games this feels like the step forward that is it, it feels great it feels it plays better. It has more going on for it. It, it. I think it looks visually more interesting than any of these games. It has these. Uh, it's it's 3D, which is I think the first of these that I played that is bullet heavy. That's 3D. Um, it's like 3D top down isometric and uh, has this cool kind of like chunky uh, style, um, like almost like a N64 era character, like blocky looking um, characters. And uh, I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. What what do you think about this so far? So I agree with a lot of what you said, but but uh, this game doesn't run very well on Steam Deck. I have not had that problem. You really? This game? I mean, have you gotten to like the endless modes? Um, no. I keep I keep doing the regular mode, and I've finished it a couple times. I I feel like I'm at the point where I'm always finishing it now. I've I've had this game slow down hard. For okay. Me. Uh, so one issue that I have though is that the enemies can be kind of boring and this the the stages uh 
there are five different stages. They have different resources on them that you are farming to pick up different, like, like essentially like the characters can have different weapons. Uh, when you equip a weapon, you gain access to a new ability and they have some better base stats. But the, the stages outside of having those different crafting materials, it would be kind of nice if they, and, and hopefully this comes, they don't have different enemies. Oh, oh it, it, um, it should be noted that I think this is still like a, a it's not, um, it's like 1.0, right? But it's like, it, it's it, early. It's not 1.0. It's, it's early, early access. access. So yeah, so yeah, there's, there's more coming down for the pipe. This game isn't done. Um, there'll be, there'll be more for it. And I, I look forward to that. And I agree with you, um, that I don't think the enemies are like that interesting visually. And then also, um, so this works similar to a lot of other survivory games where you're killing, uh, you know, it says, it'll say like kill 2000 more enemies to get to unlock to like the next boss. And then a boss comes out of nowhere and you got to fight them. And the bosses are pretty similar. I think I've seen them all. Like there's a poison golem and a frost golem and like a monster that cleaves in front of you, um, uh, I don't know how much more different they want to make the bosses, but it would be kind of cool. I'm, I'm sure that they could think of cooler, some cooler mechanics, maybe bosses that play with terrain or a boss that's maybe small and, and fast. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm like, I, I feel like I've seen most of them. I don't know if I've, if I'm missing any, but, uh, uh, you, you are right in that, like, there is a lack of enemy diversity. Uh, the maps are like only a little bit different. I would like to see them some, I would like to see them have like, more like map mechanics that'd be kind of cool if yeah. if they had certain things like if the maybe the frost map has an area where it's icy and you're sliding and it's hard to control maybe like you know the uh desert map has like quicksand areas you have to like you're avoiding the enemies and you're avoiding the quicksand areas like you know stuff like that would be kind of cool uh, the other thing that i really appreciate about vampire survivors is it's full of secrets there's a ton of secrets uh where you know you're once you unlock specific things you're getting markers on your map and if you go to them there's like a coffin and you destroy the enemies uh surrounding the coffin and there's a a, a new character inside of the coffin and, and i also love the the weapon like evolutions and i feel like evolving the stats uh in this game doesn't feel as impactful as it does in like vampire survivors which is probably my baseline for comparison for all of these. Yeah, games. I mean, it's like it's the one that kicked off the yeah. the genre and still kind of one of the best. So, and all of the upgrades in this game are like increases the area, increases the damage, uh, increases the cooldown, and that's that's pretty much it. And it's the same for uh, every ability that you get. It's it's pretty much just those increased multicast. Uh, so so it's it's those whereas like the no Vampire I think there's survivors... some there's some cooler there's some cool effects of like layering effect like I said there's some I thought I think there's some neat effects especially the legendary ones that get to stuff like double procking or uh like when you proc po I I had some run where it was like when you proc poison proc fire and I had a thing where when you proc fire you proc days so like yeah and, I was... and that's all of them like I mean they're all based off of those like um status effects which uh, th not necessarily a bad thing but. Uh, I'd love to see uh, more interesting synergies between uh, spells where it's like if you pick up Whirlwind and you pick up uh, Thunderclap, the, they combine to do this. Sure, and, and I'd that'd be kind of cool. See, I, I'd like to see something like that like you get with in Vampire Survivors where the where the spells like evolve. And, but we'll see. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good offering. I, I would agree. What um, else have you played? I'm also playing Tactics Ogre reborn which is my steam deck game 
for the time being. Seemed like a g- so, g- g- game of the week. Did you play Tactics Ogre? I think I Ever? no, I don't think so. I, I my my Tactics game was Final Fantasy Tactics. And you liked it? I loved it at the time. Oh man, you I loved I it. mean like I I I think it was the only I typically don't go for this, but at the time I just loved it. It it, it felt like one of the more I guess just like deep games that I had played at the time. I think I played it on Game Boy Advance and okay. I just took it everywhere with me. And I loved the idea of like when you upgrade characters and like you get a new unlock a new class and like the visual changes to it and how you like, you know, manage all that I thought was very cool. But I, but in in time, as time has passed, I have not loved that genre. I felt like sometimes it's very it can get very tedious um, especially if they're, if the genre like goes into like permadeath stuff where I, it makes me want to constantly quit out. Um, so, so, so tell me about it. Uh, so this game has some of that. Is I this mean, a straight up remake has, or, uh, it is not a straight up remake exactly because it has, they've changed a lot of since there've been like a lot of requests over the year. There've been mods also of like people who have tweaked parts of the system, uh, to make it, you know, a little bit friendlier. I didn't play the original, so Everything that I know is just based off of what I've read and whatever. Uh, but there have been some changes to crafting. There have been some some balance aspects where originally archers were very powerful and mages were underpowered and things have been sort of broad in line around that. Uh, health has been increased across the board, uh, which makes healing more effective and also makes it less likely that your units are going to get one shot, but also less likely that you're going to... Uh, one-shot enemy. Uh, <clears throat> this game does have permadeath. However, the uh, essentially the way that it works is once a character dies, they get knocked down, and then you have uh, three uh, full turn rotations to uh, pick them up, essentially. Anybody walk next to them and pick them up. But this game also has a mechanic called the uh, Chariot Tarot card, where you can just rewind turn. There's a set number of turns that you can rewind. It's different per battle. And there's a limited amount of times that you can do it. <coughs> but essentially it makes it so that one mistake uh, isn't going to cause you to restart. And uh, There's no saves coming, though. There's no, like, I'm going to make a save here, and then I'm going to keep reloading this until I crit. Technically, you could do that using the chariot, but you're limited in the rewinds. But I feel like this system really does soften the blow uh, while still ending impact and making you feel like you do have to make some correct choices about where to move. Uh, this version of the game also added uh, five new classes. I'm, I'm pretty early in the game still. I'm chapter one. I think I'm seven hours in. <coughs> so I haven't seen a lot of the classes. Uh, so let me talk to you about what I like in this and what I miss. And also, if you are looking for a game like Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, that's uh, sort of casual and you think would, and, and would run really well on Steam Deck, I would also recommend checking out uh, Fell Seal, Arbiter's Mark, uh, which was created uh, to be sort of the love letter to Final Fantasy and is effectively that game uh, with, with more, like it's like a modernized version of that. Uh, <coughs> this game, the class mechanics are not the same. It's not the case of if I level up Rogue to level five, and archer to level five, I get sniper. In this game, uh, classes are determined by marks, uh, which is an item that somebody can hold, uh, which also means that you can steal them from people. So if there are enemies that are a class that you don't have, like there's a necromancer early in chapter one, uh, but you have a thief, 
you can steal his necromancer mark and get access to an early necromancer and stuff like that always feels good in this game one of the main ways to acquire new units is through recruitment uh and that's pretty much like a pokemon style system of you weaken a unit and then you can convince it to join your team uh different classes can do this with different uh types of creatures humans obviously the one that's easiest to recruit a lot of classes can do it uh but then you have like beast tamer whose stats are kind of subpar but they have access to whips which you don't really get a lot of early and they have access to uh recruiting beasts which can be very powerful early because you can run into like dragons and things like that and you know that thing where you uh fight a character and they're really powerful and then they join your side, and then they're much weaker. And every anime, I've seen yeah. anime before. That's not the case in this. Uh, if you recruit a be- if you recruit a dragon, uh, you're able to make it work. Uh, you get that dragon at full power, and that's pretty badass. That's pretty cool. Um, one the the gear in this game has abilities on it, and they have a lot of abilities. So, so some of them will be like this. This is a dagger, and if you equip it, you get access to parry. And if and when you're changing weapons and when you gain access to more weapons, one thing that you'll quickly realize is that uh, they don't, they're don't they not linear upgrades necessarily. A lot of things are trade-offs. So it's like early on in the game, you have leather armor and you upgrade the chainmail armor, but the chainmail armor is slowing you down. It's impeding your stats. So it's not just a straight upgrade. There would be some reasons why you would want to keep people in leather versus moving them into chainmail. Uh, so I think that that's pretty cool. Uh, there is a lot of considerations uh, for gear in this game. Uh, it feels really good to deal gear off of people and get access to some good stuff early. When you when you kill an enemy unit, <coughs> they'll drop a loot bag. If you move a unit onto it, you can pick up their loot. Uh, throughout the tur- So this is also a pretty cool mechanic. One of the uh, things that is kind of annoying in these games is some of the maps will incentivize the enemy to stay in one place and you have to run across the map to attack them and that could be obnoxious or there might be some strategies where it's like okay the clearly based on the way this map is built the best thing to do is to just hole up at the start and wait for the enemies the way that they've mitigated that or modified that in this game is that uh every couple of turns a buff will appear on the field that is a, it is a temporal buff that lasts just for this um, uh, combat, where if a unit picks it up, they will get uh, more crit chance, more attack chance, more magic, more magic regeneration. Uh, their chance to proc abilities will proc every time. Uh, so this is interesting because it incentivizes your units to move forward, or it incentivizes you to not in one area, but <coughs> it also... Uh, makes you have some considerations about how to move your units uh, because you want to move them. You don't want to move them next to a card because then you're giving the enemy a chance to move onto the card and then to hit you, and you don't want that. The AI in this game is very good. Uh, They will go out of their way to try to target your backline. So it's really important that you sort of keep your backline in the back, that you have your frontline set up in a way that like uh is blocking them there are auras in this game like there's an aura called rampart aura that is effectively prevents units from moving past your tanks so it, there's 
like some some pretty clever considerations about how to set up your unit to move forward. Uh, there's a lot of elements. Every unit that you have has a specific element. So there's this um, incentivization also to uh, recruit more than one of a given unit type. Like you want different types of mages, ones that specialize in air, ones that specialize in fire. So pretty neat stuff. I, I, I think that this is really, um, it, it's interesting to play this game and to think about ways that uh, Final Fantasy Tactics modernized and reimagined and, and, and definitely casualized and, and, and sort of made it a little bit smoother of an experience than Tactics Ogre Reborn. But, but there is also something to be said about uh, this game just having, it, it's crunchier, if you know what I mean. There's the, the way that they calculate damage, the way that they calculate uh, the trajectory of projectiles, the way that an archer on your team cannot shoot past somebody to hit somebody else where units come each other. And, you know, that goes both ways. All, all of that stuff is is interesting. And I thought that it was um because there was some really weird stuff in, in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Like if you have an archer at the bottom of a mountain who's like effectively facing a wall that they're able to like fire an arrow like straight up and and really far away to hit like a unit that's all the way up. Like that stuff always felt weird or that like they could stand behind a tree but shoot across the map. Uh, I, I like that in this game those considerations are made so that stuff like that isn't possible. I also really like in this game that there are different types of terrain uh, and the accuracy of, of your units and how much damage they'll deal is dependent on that type of terrain. So... Uh, units that are attacking with melee will deal less damage if they're standing on gravel. So you can like place your archers uh, next to gravel so that if the you know enemy melee units come up to them, they'll they'll effectively just be worse off. And stuff like that feels really rewarding and, and makes you feel smart when you. So I, I really think that this is a great game. Uh, <coughs> I I feel like some people will be put off by this game being fifty dollars and by looking the way that it does. But, yeah, I'm kind of sick of this style, to be honest. That's like for me, that's one of the bigger things. Is like I, I, mean, I want to see. It's not like that three and a half D. This is just straight up. This is just tactics. Like it looks like you've seen this yeah. before. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It, this is not like the Octopath look. This is the classic. Yeah, you're not you're not into it. I'm into. It. No, no, I'm I'm it, sick. I'm kind of sick of it. And I've been playing a lot of uh, pixely games, but like this, I I, I want to see like if anything, I, I I like Fire Emblem is a aggressively worse game overall especially strategy wise but the characters have tons of personality and i feel like making the characters these like tiny 10 by 5 pixel block men is not doing anything for like character personality or you know making visual distinctions of the classes like i, I feel like there's so much that could be done more that, that, that like this is like a weird nostalgia trip that creates all these visual limitations that i don't appreciate hmm interesting i don't know i i i really dig the way this game looks because i'm i am into the nostalgia and the other thing that i didn't get to say is that this score in this game the soundtrack absolutely amazing i've heard good things and and if you love if you if you like the that final fantasy tactics music you'll probably like this really really terrific and and i think that uh for the amount of content in this game uh, fifty dollars is a pretty good is a pretty good price. Almost death. Um, I've been playing a couple games. If I could take you over into my embarrassing um, uh, uh, mobile game corner, uh, one game that is Wait, not Marvel Snap. Not not Marvel Snap. 
Um, okay, you're, well, wait, you're playing a mobile game that's not Marvel. I'm playing Snap. a mobile game that's not Marvel Snap. I, I have uh, I have one game for you that is not very good, and one game that is pretty cool. It just came out today. I haven't gotten a ton of time to play it, but I am really enjoying it so far. And this is one that I've been kind of that like only just recently popped up on my radar. So have I you gotcha. heard? It, these are both gotcha, but the one that I like a little bit what this this i hear i heard a visual either either you coughed or laughed and i don't know which one yeah one of them okay so the first one you may may have heard of uh have you heard of nikkei no okay well that's probably good for you it probably says a lot more about you as a person that you haven't heard of it nikkei is uh, a game by shift up uh they also do destiny child which is a very popular gotcha korean gotcha that uh has a real certain art style um a real certain art style and this game uh, is almost i i feel like if you watched a trailer of it you would laugh at the brazen concept of this game so gotcha game right start we'll start right there uh you got a you put a five person squad of uh girls that are nikkeis the 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 uh the the world in this game is pretty cool and what it, it is a little is doing things a little bit differently than regular gotchas so normally gotchas a lot of times are just straight up rpgs this is a gotcha shooter a kind of over the shoulder maybe an over the butt uh shooter and that's and that works for you on mobile um uh you i mean most of the time you're for the most part your team of 5 is just going to be doing things on auto because oh. because um you, it's hard for you to keep up with all the enemies moving around and like aim. So that so the way that it actually plays. How do you, it, how do you spell this, by the way? N i k k e. I await the laugh that comes on because I haven't got. Maybe a, should I should I get to the the thing that will make you laugh early on uh, uh, quicker? Yeah, because go, oh, you just see their butt. You see their butt. So so there is really some insane character designs, and the game really is like it, it it's behind the character and you're shooting and the character will like jiggle so you there is some characters that got their butt out that is like jiggling while shooting so like that is pretty brazen pretty wild mm. and it's also one of the crazier things is that this is one of the more like lewdish kind of gotchas that i think have ever been released and it's also one of the lowest like i think it's it's one of the lower age rating ones. It's not even like there's okay. some there's and, some and that, you, but but you like them. I there's there's good stuff in there, but I am saying I would not recommend playing it overall. I'm still the the company is good and there's some cool there's some promise to the game overall and and it's one of those games where I think that it'll be supported it's going to be supported extremely well into the future. So, as far as like like when gotchas come out um that is like a consideration of like is this game going to get updates or am i going to be playing for a couple months and then they're they're going to cut it off but like this is a usually pretty beneficial good company um that, that like handles things pretty well and uh does pretty well by their fans um so the the yeah like you're you're going the, the, the way you play is like you're it's more like it's a shooting thing you kind of move the cursor around and if the cursors on top of an enemy it'll shoot one of the more there's some stages that require you to manual one of the more kind of like that what you're mostly doing from a gameplay perspective when you are playing is that you are firing at weak points because your character on auto the characters don't target important enemies so like let's say that there's an enemy that is giving 
all the enemies around it a shield, uh, you would want to take that down, but your your AI won't prioritize that, even though you would see that and just say, like, well, we got to take this down first. And then there will also be, like, these telegraph attacks where the enemy is, like, winding up and you have to, like, you know, break their arm off before the attack goes off. So you'll have to, like, purposely scroll over and break the arm, whereas, like, your AI won't do that. Um, and then you can also put, uh, there's also, like, a cover mechanic of, like, when you're, you can go, the, the, the characters are all, like, shooting guns, and when you're behind cover, they reload, um, but they also take, like, less damage. They, they have, they, their cover has its own health, so um, there'll be, like, a boss that will do, like, a huge AoE and hit really hard, and if you're firing at that time, you'll take a ton of damage, but you can tell all the, your units to, like, take cover for this attack. So there's some gameplay um for for a lot of like mission to mission you're kind of just like playing it out um like on ai but then like for like a bosses it'll sometimes get harder um the game is ridiculous the character designs are ridiculous um the uh that is not like it's funny because the game is like i don't know what it wants to do from that the visual design like it has characters that like have their ass basically out and jiggling while they're shooting and then it has like cool but then that's like actually it almost like it almost like builds itself as that when that's actually like rarer. That's actually like not as common. Like there's the the the, the original the game that the person who did like I forget the name of this artist who did most of the artwork for Destiny Child. Like Destiny Child is very consistent on being all like like TNA characters and uh having like a very like lewd kind of like visual style and this game like it has characters that do that but for the most part it's not doing that so it's kind of weird because it's like who are you trying to attract especially when you make the game like not like it's like you could they could have either gone further in that direction or less in that direction and it would have made more sense but as it currently stands it's like you wouldn't play this game because it's like mostly embarrassing and like I don't know, like like who is this game for? Is it for me? I mean, sort of. I don't know. But um, uh, I just play gotchas that come out. You know, like I, you know, that's what I do. But um, the the one thing that I would say that is good about it is it's one of the better stories that I've ever played of gotchas. It kind of has a cool story. So the the story is that it's very like Japanesey. You are a commander, and commanders are humans that the, the world has been overrun by raptures which are a sort of terminator style this is not like a unique story per se this the world has been overrun by raptures which are a like mechanical being that can replicate itself and like reproduce itself and they are these kind of like drone monsters and they have killed most of humanity and what humanity has survived is on a spaceship called the ark um, and, uh, they, they, to get resources and try and gain back it, you know, fight back the rapture population, they send humans that are commanders, uh, down with these sometimes, you know, very boobalicious, uh, mechanical girl Nikes. And they, they, they're the ones who like, they, they are doing these like missions. Um, but the game kind of starts off with you having head trauma and not remembering, what happened before head of course it's classic and it's uh, most of it revolves around there being a um being something going on at headquarters that is setting up this further like why can't i think of the name of that 
near like a little bit i guess it like reminds me a little bit of near in more ways than one where um it's about it a lot of it is uh you know about the philosophy of like what makes a human are these like mechanical girls human um they've got all the the jiggling parts of a human but do they have the jiggling heart of a human right wow. is that that is the question and the other thing is like what is what is, what is the why are the raptures here and also that it seems like there is a mole within the arc that like through the chain of command there's someone that is perhaps communicating with and trying to bring about the end of humanity so there's some really good there, there, it's it's not the most unique story, but I think it's handled really well as far as gotchas. Usually gotchas, I'm like skipping all the story because it either, it's like usually the story is like either like translated very, very poorly or it is um, like extremely run on. And this game, the, the, the translation is fantastic. They got really good voice actors and um, it's not too long in the tooth. And there's, there's some like interesting things that they're setting up and I've actually really enjoyed it. So for now, that's kind of like, like you, you, you come. Well, you you initially go there for for some of the jiggle physics, and you stay for the story. You know what I mean? So the better game uh, to end this conversation, the better game, and what came out today, and what might be um, worth checking out for for some people that is that is not as embarrassing is um, Neural Cloud. Neural Cloud is uh, is a, a gotcha that came out today. Uh, that is a roguelite gotcha. And that is the first of its kind. Um, it is kind of like Slay the Spy. <laughs> um, these roguelikes where where you have uh, you, you gotcha, you get the characters through gotcha, but then the ways that you're playing the game is that you're going from like it, it's it, almost everything that you'd think about with these kind of Slay the Spyry games is in this where you play a map uh your characters you and you actually have like a ton of things to do um from a player do you know what i mean like you have a lot more agency and you are you are doing a lot um so what do you mean by that so how so how is that more than well most of these other games are like completely auto this game um you put the characters down initially on the field and they're these like chibi 3d characters and then they move about um basically like they'll attack the closest thing there's ranged characters there's melee characters and then they build up a bar where they build up their regular they do their regular ability their like non-ultimate ability and then they also build up an ultimate ability and you are firing off the ultimate ability but you also have these tactical things that you can do and there's they're really cool and and they they have like such different ways to utilize them so for example as as the as the time progresses you keep getting more you build up this like tactical meter where you get to like influence the battle in certain ways uh one way you can influence it is like you can do this thing that is like a wow style like i remember like uh uh, druids had cyclone and cyclone would make a care like you could cast it on an enemy and like make them untargetable which is like an interesting thing because it would be like good and bad they wouldn't take damage and they wouldn't be like interactable but they wouldn't take damage so like if you screwed it up and you cycloned an enemy as your ally was doing you know a big huge nuke it would make them untargetable they would not take any damage um and not uh not take any healing or anything so it's like this really interesting ability you could use you could cyclone an enemy or one of your allies so one of the early initial things is like the boss is 
uh, has like a sniper rifle and they're like charging up a huge shot on your character so you can cyclone your own character to take no damage during the shot or you could like cyclone a non-boss enemy to crowd control it and get out of the way um you can also like teleport your characters around with this you can heal characters you can um bring up their bar so that they'll use their ability so there's a lot of there's a ton of interaction and there's a lot of cool like different ways that you can that the interaction is used um the way that this becomes like a roguelike and where the game differentiates itself and what has been really fun is that it has all these roguelike slay the fiery mechanics so so the, the so you'll play the map where you put your like your little units down uh waves of enemies attack you um fire off your units like uh you choose to fire off your units ultimate abilities and choose to do these tactical things where you're moving your units around or ccing enemy units or ccing your own units to make them avoid uh, a huge boss hit um and then at the end of it you'll get a bit you'll get a choice from a bunch of different things and uh, uh that, that kind of are similar to these uh roguelike or survivory modes where it'll it'll be like an example could be um your snipers now deal like aoe damage around the targets they hit and uh uh it'll you know it applies a burn as well and as you're you're playing the game as you're 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 choosing just like the slay the spire you're choosing to go from one map to another and in choosing that you're you know losing the choices of the other things so you'll have uh you know stop me if you've heard these before like a, a an event place where you go there and it gives you like a random event that will say like okay get a a new protocol which is the protocols that are the names of the like buffs that you can give your team um that that you that you'll get you'll have throughout the entire run or you know heal the target or get extra credits and then uh to be able to spend when you meet a uh a, a traveler like you'll find like a uh, a um bazaar where you can buy uh buy and sell things to like a traveler just like in slay the spire um and by the end of the runs like you get these really cool um uh synergies going off where you know your warriors are 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 become ranged and now they are dealing double crit damage and they're dealing aoe and like you you are making these choices to like push in a certain synergistic directions throughout this and there has never been a gotcha to my knowledge that has been roguelike like this and that's really really cool um uh the, when you're as you're playing these like maps if one of your characters dies like they're out for the rest of the map so you can you, you like make these these crazy choices to go all the way into a certain type or a certain character or a certain type of element and then have one of the characters die and like now you have to scramble to find like uh oh like i've been going so far into the melee characters or so far into the sniper class and now my best sniper is dead and like what am i going to do um so it is really cool like it's it's really really cool like it, it's it's fun to play it's a little bit more fun to play and more active than normal gotchas can be in the moment to moment time to, how do you have time to play it though with all the snapping um uh, once I guess like I guess like right now if I, I I'm playing my I'll do my dailies on Nikkei and uh, Neural Cloud and then go to Snap and then do my dailies and also just play that all oh, like, I I've been on the move a lot and working a lot and with a new you LC play move decks? LCTP yeah oh, of course I do 
that move oh, is move is move is one of the hardest decks to play. Well, like I, I think that moves are the big brains of the of the game because they are playing around the fact that you know that turn six they're dropping that Heimdall and you and that makes them really easy. That to makes play them really easy easy to play around. You know, like you know that I think that, move is bad. I think, I think move, move is, is bad really because bad. until they get a finisher that maybe moves finisher. everything to the right or moves. Or moves all no, of your one. Heimdall. Heimdall needs to. If you put him on the left, he moves things to the right. If you put him on the right. That's he what moves I thought. Yeah, that's what I think. I I, I agree with you. Um, yeah. but but uh, uh, Neural Cloud came out today. It's from a. It's from the girls' frontline developer. So this is another one of those like. Usually, I play a lot of gotchas, but I don't talk about them a lot because usually, like a lot of like companies will like pop up and be a startup company and come out with a gotcha, and there's not a lot of true. There's not a lot of promise that the gotcha is going to go anywhere or that they're not going to shut it down if it doesn't perform very well. People really liked. Uh, there was a recent gotcha that got a ton of praise called Path to Nowhere. And it was like an Arc Knightsy um, tower defensey gotcha. It is an Arc Knightsy tower defensey gotcha, and it is very free to play. And there's no PvP, and there's you know real incentive to really spend anything. And the game gives you a lot of the in-game currency to pull for the characters. And because of it, people aren't spending a lot on it, and the app sales are down, and people are worried like you know it's a new company, and that like are they going to discontinue it? And uh, both like I, like Nikkei, a bad game is by a good developer, um, and this game is Girls Frontline, so it's a very like good developer, been around for a long time, stable, has another game that's making that's been making money for years, so it's a very trustworthy game. Like it, like I, I think that like it'll be out for a long time, and that they'll um, pander to fans in the right way. And the character designs are really cool um, uh, that I've seen so far. And uh, the gameplay is is good good for once. Usually, a lot of gotcha games like cannot hang up their hat on gameplay. It's more about man. They're more like a management game. And this yeah. game, like the actual gameplay, like I I like roguelikes. I like this kind of like synergistic play style. And ha- playing th- that through the lens of gotcha of like you got a new character and they are this element and they're a bar they're a barbarian and they're gonna attack up close and like. Do you, you, for the first time in, like, gotchas, like, maybe you're playing for a little bit, and normally you'd have, like, a couple tanks and a couple range and a couple healers, and then you get later on into this map, and you're like, damn, I'm getting all these 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 things to make my melee and this this my defender class is getting out of control they're doing so much damage they're doing they're so tanky maybe i put in multiple defenders i take out the snipers like th- these are this is like a cool kind of thing like that i've never seen before that i'm pretty i'm enjoying for now for 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 day one it's it, it's looking promising and it's um nice. it's neat well ryan we have to end i know we really got to end it it's been a we cast. both have to pee so bad i'm sure i have to pee all the time that's my secret, right. as as Hulk says in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What does he say? He says, uh, they say, Bruce, now would be a good time to have to pee. And then Bruce says, that's my secret. I, I have to pee all the time. I have a urinary disorder. I uh, have a small been... bladder. Got it. Okay. Uh, WTDG podcast. Uh, this is number 292. Nice job. Uh, eight episodes away from the big 300. Uh, almost at pool three, right? Uh, almost at collection so- level 300, right? Find us online, WTDGpodcast.com, on Twitter, at sign WTDGpodcast for as long as Twitter's around, or on oh, Spotify. Oh, fuck and Twitter. Oh, my God. Did you, at did What's you, the Deal with Games. Just a real quick sidebar in this extremely long episode. Whatever people, hurried up. Uh, whatever people think about Elon Musk or whatever, I don't follow Kyle Rittenhouse, 
and I detest Kyle Rittenhouse, and I don't want to get a Twitter update from Kyle Rittenhouse about how a year ago he got his freedom from a jury. Go to hell. And and why are you, why am I seeing that? Like, whether or not you want, like, free speech in the name of really being an alt-right and just giving alt-right more, like, credence to these, like, insane conspiracy theories is one thing or another, but then the whole, like, like forcing me to look at Kyle Rittenhouse's tweets when I don't follow that jackass. Like, what is wrong with you? I hope I hope Twitter goes out of business. I would love that. Elon Musk if Twitter is a goes out of business. Thank you. Lose my job. Thank you, Ryan Galloway, and crying for the mainstream music. Oh my God! Well, I well I hope it. I hope you lose your job and get a better job. How about that? I hope that you. Great. I hope that you get an even better job though. There's better jobs on the horizon. Um, thank you, Ryan Gallon, crying for you, your, your music. We use the intro, outro, the Twitter jump your, off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube where you can find links to the, all their merch. I got their shirt and I, their album. Thank you, James. I guess we just don't have it yet. And it's my secret. My secret is that I always have to pee. Marvel Snap, use the Hulk 612. I got to pee. I got to pee.